Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we're going to get you covered up on the uh, last two games that the Ducks played against Nashville. Uh, unfortunately, the Ducks lost both games, so we're going to recap those. We've got tons of fan questions and concerns to get to, so we'll discuss those as well. Uh, but going back, first of all, to game one, Eddie, uh, the Ducks didn't play well in the game. They ended up losing this one 3-2. to two. Uh, Nashville got on the board right away. 35 seconds into the game on a goal by James Neal. Uh, the Ducks did rebound, get a couple goals, and then they couldn't hold the lead, and they ended up losing this one 3-2. to two. Yeah, and that's kind of been the, the theme, not just in, in this series, but in the playoffs so far, is uh, a team's getting ahead in the first minute. And, of course, I mean, they they couldn't have got off to a worse start in game one. I mean, they, they came out, they looked a, a little bit nervous, you know, a little bit shaky. Some guys, you know, turning the puck over early, and, uh, I mean... James Neal is left wide open in, in front of the net, and he makes you pay, and he's a 30-goal scorer, and that's what he's going to do. And uh, I mean, they did a rebound pretty well. Uh, I mean, they ended up leading uh, 2-0 with Kessler scoring early in the second period. Um, but from there on, uh, you know, Nashville came back, uh, got a questionable goal uh, on John Gibson. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are giving him some flack uh, throughout this series so far, and uh, I mean, this one definitely, uh, of any of them, was on him, and you know, Philip Forsberg ends up winning it for them in the third period, and they, you know, and they block a flurry of shots in the the final minutes. And uh, I mean, what can you do? It's a disappointing first game, and and really, Nashville was was full value for their win. You know, I think the part that was probably the most upsetting to a lot of the fans too was the end of the first period there. Um, you know, the Ducks uh, ended up going uh, tied into the break after uh, that period, but. Uh, Forsberg hit Manson in the head and the neck area, knocked him out of the game. And, uh, you know, it was unfortunate because the Ducks went down to five defensemen for the rest of the game. And four of those five defensemen are, you know, two-way defensemen or, or more offensive-minded. So the Ducks really only had to pray back there to, to do the hitting, which, you know, he didn't really do too much, unfortunately. And I think that really uh, affected the Ducks from the second period on, Eddie. Um, you know, they got the early goal in the second, made it 2-1. to one. But after that, it just seemed like uh, the Ducks' defense uh, just couldn't keep, you know, the Nashville Predators from scoring, in, you know, the rest of this game. Yeah, it's a disappointing play too to to lose a defenseman to to a borderline, you know, it's it, it's a borderline illegal hit because yes, he does get contact with the head, but you know, Manson is on his way down at the same time. But you know, it's disappointing that there uh, there was no initial penalty penalty on the play. Ducks don't get a power play from it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter because they end up scoring in the first minute of the second period too. But but then you lose Manson for the rest of the game. Uh, we we all know he's still not back, and, and you know there was no supplementary dis- discipline for for the play after the after the game was over, which is disappointing. And, and like you said, Nashville's able to wear us down, only having five D for the rest of the game, and you know it ends up hurting the Ducks. Yeah, exactly. And and the Ducks, you know, they they ended up losing 3 to 2 and and it's unfortunate that Forsberg scored the game-winning goal which was a deflection off Theodore Skate and then in the net so that, you know, another lucky bounce uh goes for Nashville which 
that's how the playoffs go. I mean, sometimes you get the bounces and sometimes you don't. And unfortunately, in the playoffs, one bounce can decide a game, and, and that's what happened there. And so the Ducks look to regroup. They they went into the second game. Um, they started out way better. Uh, Andrew Cogliano got a breakaway goal um, a little over halfway into the first period. The Ducks were up one nothing. They were hitting better and playing better. But the result ended up the same. Eddie uh, Nashville scored three straight goals, and they ended up winning this one also 3-2. to two. Yeah, and this was a little bit different of a game. I mean, similar to, to how Nashville was limiting our, our entrances into their zone. We were forced to dump it in. You know, we, we got dominated on the forecheck, couldn't establish a forecheck of our own, and it showed, and, and the goals were, were really just sloppy plays, too. I mean, Cogliano, again, we get we, we get out to, a, or our team gets out to a, a faster. I mean, it is 14-20 into the first period, but he gets a breakaway. You know, he, he finally finishes on a breakaway. I know there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of skepticism when he gets on a breakaway if he's actually going to finish, but you know he has a nice finish on, on Pecorino through the five hole. But except from there on, Nashville scores three straight goals. I mean, Colin Wilson uh, makes to play with like an idiot on the boards. You know, gets around him pretty easy, and, and uh, Eckholm's alone in front and just shells it past Gibson. Um, Craig Smith is alone in the slot as well. Philip Forsberg feeds it to him from behind the net and he scores and. Shea Weber gets three three chances on the power play. I mean, a guy who has a, a shot like him, he gets three chances, and he, he makes him pay. And, and from there on, they, they couldn't get back into it. Yeah, exactly. And and I know a lot of fans uh, you know, are upset about this game as far as the officiating went. Uh, we saw in the second period when Neil clipped Gibson and there was no call, and you saw Getzoff go over to the refs and you know give them an earful. And uh, <clears throat> after that, it seemed like the Ducks, you know, th- they lost a little bit of composure. Maybe they they took a couple penalties in the second period and, and weren't able to you know get back in the game until late in the third. Uh, you know, a lot of people are upset about the non calls in the game, and, and it's totally understandable. I mean, the way that it went from the second period on, you know, it was just interesting to see Nashville get five power plays and the Ducks only get one. Um, which is unfortunate, but um, we'll talk about it more uh, later with the fan questions. But, you know, I, I thought the Ducks handled it well, uh, maybe not initially. They seemed to get frustrated and, and took a couple of penalties. But, you know, they did try to rally in the third. They did get the goal to come back within one. Um, they just came up short again, Eddie. And, um, just you know, I think frustration just kind of set in a little bit because, you know, you lose two games at home and you lose them both by one goal. Yeah, and games that you know they might have been able to steal from Nashville. I mean, Nashville did outplay them in both games. I think you'd find it hard for many Ducks fans to say otherwise. And and that's the frustrating thing is, I mean, this is a team that that came in. Uh, you know, they didn't come in on a roll, but they've been so good since Christmas that you know you expected them to come in here into Honda Center and at least win one of the games, if not both. Uh, and battle it out, and, and this is the type of game that they'd like to play, in. and Nationals beat them at their own game, and that's the frustrating part, and, and they can't seem to get anything going. Um, you know, hopefully that the, the late goal in the, in the third period in this one, you know, gives them a little bit of momentum heading into to Nashville today, and you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the the, the crowd. Yeah, exactly. And before we get to the the fan questions and all the concerns dealing with that, I just want to mention that this uh, podcast is again sponsored by Sons of Hockey. Our buddy Josh over there uh, does hockey shirts for all kinds of different teams. You can check him out at sonsofhockey.com, also on Twitter 
at Sons of Hockey. So he's a good dude. Uh, you know, we support him and he supports us. So check out his stuff. Uh, with that, you know, going to the fan questions and, and obviously going into Nashville, uh, the biggest concern that is you kind of touched upon it is, you know, can the Ducks win this series? We had a few people asking those questions. We had uh, Mike and Matt asking us that. And if you look at history, it, it's not totally against the Ducks. The Ducks can go in there and win. Um, if you look at the recent uh, 10 years of hockey, the Kings, if you all remember, they were down three games to none to San Jose uh, back in 2014, and they ended up going all the way. Uh, Boston was down 0-2 in the first round 2011. They went all the way. You had Philly, who was down um, as well, 0-3 in 2010. They, didn't, they won the series and, and didn't go all the way, but they still came back. And then you also have Carolina, who was down 0-2 back in 2006 and they went all the way so you got three teams that you know were down either 0-2 or 0-3 and, and won the series and went on to win the Stanley Cup in the last 10 years so there's still some hope Eddie I mean it's it's not you know out of the realm that the Ducks can do it but today is a must win yeah and it's never you know you're never out of hope in, in a series especially when you know you're the favorites coming in uh, and they've played so well you know uh, since Christmas, like I said, but uh, I mean it's a it's a bad place to be. There's no question about that. You don't you don't want to be down two and zero, oh and you know it, it's it's a difficult situation now to go into Nashville and have to win one. And really, you have to win game three because, like you said, you you don't want to go down three zero because if you go down three zero, you, you you're in a position where now to to get out into the next round, you have to pretty much be a part of history because there's only four teams that have ever come back from down three zero. Um, and, and recently, there's only two. I mean, in 2014, like you said, with the Kings, and then 2010 with the Flyers. Um, and then if you want another one, it's way back in 1975 with the Islanders, and, and then 1942 with the Leafs. So it hasn't happened often. And really, uh, I mean, getting yourself to 2-1 is a first step, and they just got to take every game at a time. Yeah, and to get that first win some lineup changes are going to have to be made and, and that's uh, a majority of the questions and the concern that we've got we had um, Andrew and Matt asked about uh, Anderson starting in game three as we were recording this right now the starter has not been announced I'm sure it'll be announced right after because that's usually what happens with our <laughs> podcast <laughs> but uh, Eddie and I are both in agreement and, and it may not be for the reasons that some of the fans are but we do think that Anderson should start in game three and it's not that Gibson played poorly in the first two games I, I know a lot of people unfortunately have been harping on Gibson unnecessarily in, in the first two games uh, you know he hasn't played perfect of course not in the first two but the Ducks need to change the momentum, and I think that change of momentum is going to come with Anderson going and net Eddie. Um, I think it'll help out and, and maybe change the tide. You know, as I said, we're recording right now, so we don't know the starter, but uh, we're hoping that that's going to be the case going into Game Three. Yeah, you know, the, right now there there is not much drastic changes you can make to really shake up the the team and the locker room and anything. And, and like like you said, you don't want to. I don't think. Gibson is the main issue. I mean, a lot of people have been on his back. Uh, honestly, I think only one of the six goals were, was his fault. The team has just played, you know, terrible. It's a, for lack of a better word, on, on defense in the first two games, and they've they've created a lot of turnovers. And you know, it, it's it, it's been a, a bad display by by the defense. And you know, maybe that's with a, a guy like Manson going out and not having BX in, in game one and. You know, having to deal with a little bit of injuries here and there, but 
you know, being able to put a new goalie in, you know, maybe uh, helping them out, get, get them a little bit more confident back on uh, on defense, it, it will we'll go far and we'll have to see. I mean, we still don't know, as you said, who's going to start today. Uh, I think both of us would probably assume uh, it, it's Anderson, but I mean, we'll have to see. And um, if, if he gets in there, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he how he starts after getting a, a shutout in his last game of the season. Uh, you know, that would be that'd be key right now. Yeah, I agree, and I, I, you know, that's one thing that's kind of important. I, I talked to my buddy Andy uh, Ramirez on his show about this, and you know, when you're a goalie and you get a shutout, uh, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. And then when you're not given the next start, which you know that happened to Anderson in his last two times that he had shutouts, you know, it's got to be a little frustrating for him. So you know, he's got to be chomping at the bit to get in there and play. And if Anderson can come in in this game and play lights out and, and the Ducks play better, I mean, I, I would see him probably going the rest of the way in the series. Uh, but uh, at, at the same token, uh, you know, we have to temper expectations. Just bringing in the goalie is not going to change everything. Uh, obviously, it's going to help, help for sure. But the lineups need some tweaking too, Eddie. And we, we talked about this before, um, actually last night when we were trying to record everything. But uh, the biggest thing is, and we'll go with the offense first, uh, I really think all the lines need to be changed, uh, except for Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg. That line's been doing what they need to do, but the rest haven't been, you know, productive, Eddie. And uh, you know, you mentioned this: the the Raquel line has really been the one that's been disappointing in the first two games. Yeah, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of plus minus, but in this case, it kind of speaks volumes. And and we know Raquel Perry and McGinn have paired together at times, and and you know, they started the the, the playoffs like that as well, and. And right now they're the only three fours on the Ducks who are minuses. Perry's a minus three, uh, McGinn is a minus two, and I believe Raquel, yeah, he's a minus three as well. So I, I mean that doesn't speak good for that line. And I know they haven't played together on every shift. And we've seen Raquel up with the, with the Twins at times. We've seen McGinn uh, on different lines. And we've seen Perry on different lines. So uh, I mean it, they haven't been together all the time, but. It's a it's a disturbing stat. I mean, that's a line we rely on for offense uh, as well as Getzoff's line, and they've kind of been stifled by this pressure, this relentless pressure that that Nashville has has came out with since the, you know the early some early seconds of Game One when it, it helped them get a goal and, and take the lead. So uh, that's that's what the Ducks are going to have to figure out. And if that's changing up the lines, uh, if that's putting in a goalie, if if that's you know spending hours and hours and hours looking at film trying to figure out how to break this down i'm sure that's what they're doing and we're, you know we'll have to wait and see how they change the lines uh, i'm you know we know it's it's boudreau so probably there's there's going to be significant changes in every line except for kessler Cogliano, and silverberg that one always seems to be uh, untouchable so we'll have to wait and see what they do yeah, I agree, and I, I think, you know, this is one that we can throw out there. I mean, this, this may not happen, but, you know, a, a scenario is, is if they put the Twins back together with McGinn on one line, then you put Perron and Stewart with Raquel on one line, keep the Kessler line, and then you go down to the fourth line, uh, you still have Thompson on that line, and, you know, maybe you bring in some of the guys that have been scratched. Maybe you bring in Santarelli, uh, or maybe you bring in Horkoff. You know, both those guys haven't played in, in games one and two. Uh, Wagner, you know, has been in, and I mean, you all know that he's one of my favorite players, but he hasn't really been getting it done, uh, unfortunately, in the first two games. So maybe you sit Wagner, bring one of those two guys in, or maybe maybe both on that fourth line, and get something going that way. Um, you know, that it's just maybe some of the changes that the Ducks uh, could maybe do for this game, Eddie. Yeah, I think right now you look at some of the players who've just come back, and, and Raquel and Perron, and 
know, Perron has played physical, but uh, I mean, he doesn't look up to to the standard that he was uh, before he went out. And of course, nobody has looked as good as the as they should uh, so far. But uh, Raquel. Uh, he's not creating as much. Uh, I know he's not doesn't have as much space as he normally would, but I think maybe putting him on his own as as uh, on a line with with Stuart Perron as being you know the lone guy who's going to have to create things on that line might help him get a little bit more confidence and, and give him a little bit more freedom to do what he wants and, instead of having to look for Perry. And I know they've been so good together so far, but I think right now, you know, maybe giving him that that extra freedom, that extra incentive to to have to make plays will will help him get his confidence back, and then obviously loading up on the first line with Getzoff and Perry, um, if they can figure out this pressure uh, for Nashville on how to get by it, I I think they'll they'll have a good you know they'll they'll, they'll have a good game if they set up like that today. I think you're right. You know, one of the biggest points on the uh, offense, regardless, you know, if there's lineup changes or, or or actual line combinations that are changed, is the fact that how the Ducks are entering the zone. If you notice, they're trying to do the dump and chase against Nashville, and it's not working. You have a goalie in Pecorine that's very mobile, can pass the puck well. He's getting to those loose pucks. You also have the defenseman. Uh, for Nashville, which we said <clears throat> that they had the advantage in terms of um, who had the better defense. They've been getting to the loose pucks as well. So if the Ducks <clears throat> change personnel and, and the Lions, what they still need to do regardless is get the puck in the zone, carry it in and get into it. Or if they are going to try and do those dumps, they got to get to the pucks <clears throat> much faster than the Nashville defense in Pecorine because they're basically been wearing themselves out, Eddie, uh, doing this dump and chase, you know, trying to get in there, get the puck. And then Nashville's getting it going back up the ice, and, and you can see it. it. It just hasn't been working in games one and two. Yeah, and when Nashville gets up and dumps into our, to our own zone, they win the puck battle down there too. So that you know that's obviously a, a big part of why they're up to nothing right now. I mean, the, the really the only area the Ducks have dominated is is in the faceoff dot. And we said that was going to be a key thing in our initial podcast, and I think it would be if if they were also winning the puck battles. We're so used to them, you know, winning the faceoff, holding possession, and, and you know, ultimately scoring a goal on the same play and. Uh, I mean, Rene's given he's playing well, but he's given up a lot of rebounds. And, and when the Ducks actually set up and get some chances on net, there, there's always you know a loose puck here and there around the net, and we're just waiting for them to be able to cash in on those chances. But I mean, you can only wait so long before you're you're, you're down right now down two or before you're down three and, and you're packing your stuff and heading home. Yeah, agreed, Eddie. I mean, that's the big, probably the biggest change, at least in the gameplay of the offense going into Game Three. Uh, as far as the defense, we look at it. Uh, Manson's out. Most likely, he's not going to be in this game. Uh, you had Bieksa coming in Game Two. Obviously, he added his snarl and grit uh, in that game and did well. Uh, another change I'd like to see on the defense. I don't know if it'll happen, but and I and I don't like to pick out single players. It's not my style, but. If I had to pick out one guy that has, has really not played well in the defense, it's Simone Dupre, unfortunately. Um, you know, he's been in a couple situations that resulted in goals for the Ducks in the first period, um, excuse me, the first game, and uh, also the second game, actually. So he hasn't played well. I, I mean, I'd really like to see Stoner or Holzer come in. Uh, they both have nagging injuries, was the last word. So I don't know if they're both ready, but. If either one of those guys can play, I'd really like to see them in the lineup, Eddie, because the Ducks really need some added, uh, you know, uh, grit on the blue line. Yeah, and I think they just need to shake some things up. I mean, I, I think Fowler, you know, he struggled as well, but I think it's hard for for them to take him out, and, and, and you know, with his speed and everything he brings on, on that end of the ice. So, 
I, I know, I know. Like you, I don't want to really pick out one guy and say this is a guy that that's played bad and this is the reason why they've lost because everybody has played bad, you know, really, and and, and they've all contributed to, to to this situation themselves. But the has struggled a lot. He he's been on, you know, the the goat end of most of these goals, especially uh, the the uh, the home goal um, on the other night. So uh, I mean, if Stone is ready to go or, or Holtz is ready to go, I think you maybe sit to pray. You know, let him calm down. You know, get it, get himself back in, in game shape, and, and get Stoner or Holzer in there, and, and you know, try and change things up. And you know, I'm sure if Stoner gets in there, he's gonna fight somebody and get them pumped up. So you know, we'll have to see if they're ready to go. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see how much the lineups change when we finally hear uh, the starting lineup tonight. You know, and you brought up a good point too, Eddie. I think the biggest thing, regardless who comes in and out in this game, is. You know, going at Nashville, uh, and I don't mean, you know, getting frustrated and slashing him after a play or, or whatnot like that, but I mean, you know, when you have a chance to take a guy into the glass, into the boards, you do it, and you, and you take him out, you know, uh, in the legal way. Don't try and run at him, you know. Um, and another player that could, you know, add to that is Garbutt. Uh, I mean, you all remember the, the series against uh, Dallas and the way that went down, and I'm not saying for him to, you know, get unleashed like that, but... Uh, you know, if, if they give him a little bit of room and let him do his thing a little bit, he can at least agitate, you know, Pecorine maybe in front of the net. He can hit some of the guys harder and do things like that. Because, I mean, he he really hasn't been as much of a factor either uh, in terms of laying the body. And, and that's what the Ducks need to do. And it's not just him. It's the whole team. They really need to finish their checks. And I think if they can do that and also uh, get in the crease and irritate Pecorine a little bit, I, I think they have better chance to win this game. Yeah, and that's a key part to their game and their success all season, and that's something we need to see them get back to. And and I think you got to jump on Nashville right off right out of the gate in this game. I mean, like I said earlier, is the early goals in these playoffs seem to be uh, seem to be on a regular basis. So I mean, if you can get out early, you know, quiet the crowd, it's going to be a raucous building. They're, they've never been up two 0 in a series, uh, so they're going to be ready. But uh, I mean, it, it's new territory for them, uh, and I'm sure the Ducks. Uh, are going to know that they're going to jump out early, and, and you know we got to hope that, that they can get to a good start, go up one, two, nothing in, in the first period, and you know hold on from there. Yeah, that's a great point. That's one of our keys to the game. If you read our game preview today, is that the Ducks you know need to score early and take the crowd out because tr- trust me, the uh, the Nashville crowd is loud already, and with them being up two zero. They're going to be even more loud and intense. So if the Ducks can score one or two early. It'll greatly help their chances in this game. Uh, you know, one other uh, uh, question, or I guess real big concern, especially after Game Two, Eddie, was the refereeing and how the Ducks are going to handle it going into Game Three. Uh, Doctor Foul, if you guys don't know, runs a podcast. He's um, at Foul underscore Talk on Twitter, and he's he's a funny guy. He's very off cuff, um, <laughs> different kind of podcast, but. But we love him to death, and he supports us. He's a, he's a really f- a funny dude. I see him at a lot of the games too. And you know, he asked the question about, you know, should the Ducks, you know, blame the refs, um, basically uh, for the calls in the last game, or or was that a catalyst for you know the Ducks not playing as well and you know eventually losing? And you know, it's tough. I, I don't like to sit there and, and blame the refs. I mean, it, it, that's you know, all of us are upset about what happened with the calls, and and obviously the five power plays to one in the second game we could tell. But I don't think that's the reason why the Ducks lost. They still lost by a goal, and they could have you know at least tied or won that game. 
So I, I think it was more of a catalyst. I think the Ducks lost their cool a little bit, then regained it. Um, and I think what they have to do going into game three is they got to beat Nashville with their game. They, they can't worry about fighting it out with the refs because we've seen it in the past when Ducks play games and they get upset at the refs and get frustrated at the refs. It takes away from their mission, uh, you know, playing uh, Ducks hockey and winning the game. So you can't control the refs. Obviously, there's going to be calls that they miss. I mean, there's calls that were missed against the Ducks, too. I mean, not as many, especially in the second game. But that's just part of the human element of the game. And I, I know it's it's tough because I've been in these situations where things happen you know, when you're playing a game and you get heated at the ref. And I'm not saying that it's not right, especially when Gibson got hit. Getzlaff had every right to go to the refs and tell them, you know, look at what happened here. I mean, that play for sure. But in general, when certain hooks and slashes and things happen, you, you just got to go at them and you got to play your game and, and, and stay focused. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the refs were a big part of game two. Um, I mean, it was the big story on Twitter among Ducks fans for sure. And, um, and, and it didn't help the situation, but by, by no means is, is that the reason that they lost the game. Uh, I, I mean, it, there was times when they had momentum and then they didn't get a penalty, then they got called for a penalty, and you know it, it was more and more frustrating as it kept going on, and you're wondering, well, how, how, is, this, how is this still happening, and, and really are the, are the refs plotting against them tonight? But like you said, the players just got to put that behind them. I mean, there's nothing they can do about that. If that's going to happen, then that's going to happen. And they've got to fight through that. And, and they still had a chance in this game. And, and you know, a power play would have helped. But you can't blame the rest for that. The, the, they got themselves in that 3-1 hole already. So um, it's going to be tough. And, and, you know, really they've just got to go out and play their game, like you said, and, and not worry about all that stuff. Yeah, the only thing... Going back to actually, it happened in game one at least once, but it happened twice in game two. And, and this kind of irritated me was twice there was icing called on Nashville, and they had the wrong personnel out on the ice. They had one player go to the bench and switch really quick. And what makes me mad about that is to me, it is a form of cheating. You're, you're caught on icing, your five players got to stay out there, and you're trying to switch a guy and get a fresh guy out there when that's not the way the game's played. And what was more frustrating about that to me was both times the officials caught Nashville, made them switch the players, but did not penalize them. And that's where I, I do get a little heated because that's a delay of game penalty right there, Eddie. I mean, they're trying to switch out players like that and not play a fair game. Uh, that's the only point that I, you know, I, just, I just don't have any... I just don't have any, uh, I don't know what's the word. I just, I, I don't accept that behavior, basically. So that's the only part that I really didn't like. And Nashville pulled that at least three times in the first two games. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, you know, that I don't believe that. That's a rule that you can penalize a team for, and, and obviously that would be new territory for the refs. But, uh, I mean, I agree. It, it, you should get a warning the first time it happens, and the next time it happens or any other time after that, it should be a delayed game penalty. I, I mean, it, it's technically it's the definition of a delayed game penalty. You're out there to do delaying the game if you get caught, and you're, you're trying to get more time for the guys, and as you're trying to get guys who are less tired on the ice, and, and you're going against the, the rules and, and, and putting guys on the bench who should be on the ice uh, on, on an icing call. So um, I agree with you. It is, it is a form of cheating. It, it, it's... It's always technically happened, and, and I guess it's never really been an issue for for the lead to look into or the refs to look into. But you know, it, it's something they they could definitely change in, in the long run. Yeah, it's just frustrating because they were caught twice and nothing happened. But uh, hopefully, the refs will be on that. You know, going forward in the series, 
Um, you know, I guess the, we can end this podcast though on more of a positive note. We had our buddy Richard ask about the first two games and, and what's the positives from the game. And I think with everything that's happened, with you know non calls and the refs and, and the Ducks losing, not playing as well, there's still some good things to look at, Eddie. I mean, we talked about it before. They they did well in the faceoffs. You know, they won the first game 42 to 27. The second game, 47 to 25. Uh, the Ducks have also played well in special teams. You know, in game one, they had a power play goal and they, they shut out Nashville on their power play chances. Um, game two, despite the calls and whatnot, the Ducks, I mean, they gave a power play goal, but it was one in five chances. So, I mean, that's not terrible either. So, I think the Ducks have done a lot better in terms of winning faceoffs, um, special team play and whatnot. I think the biggest issue really is they just got to work on the five on five play going forward. Yeah, and that's going to be what's going to win in the series if they want to get back in this. There hasn't been too many positives. I mean, Cogliano having three points is definitely positive, and the offense that 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 line is creating. Now, the the other lines just have the to join the party here, and you know, it's it's going to be tough. There there aren't many positives right now, and we we hope they can get back to their game, uh, and and win tonight, and 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 really like. They've just got to pick up their play. It's as simple as that. I mean, they've just got to pick up their play, get back to how they're playing in the season, and you know, hopefully by the end of this, we'll, we'll you know, next time we come on the podcast, they'll be up maybe tied at two or up three two. Yeah, exactly. And, and we will do another podcast no matter what happens. Obviously, in this series, um, based upon the schedule, I don't know if we're going to do it after the fourth game or the fifth game, but it'll be you know about in a week from now. But yeah, I mean, the Ducks can turn things around. Um, they've lost both games, not playing their best, but they only lost by one goal each. So they still have a chance to go and, and get it. You know, they, they just got to win game three and then go win game four. I mean, I know it, it sounds easier said than done, but the Ducks can do it. Other teams have done it. And, you know, Eddie, the Ducks started the season with adversity. Why not have it in the playoffs? Yeah, and like you said, you get two, you're back to an even series, and it's best of three. And I'm sure that's that's where they want to get to right now. And if it gets back to that situation and the Ducks are able to win two in a row, I think anybody would take them at that point. Well, yeah, remember uh, when the Ducks played the Kings, too, uh, in the playoffs, the Ducks were down uh, in that series 2 nothing, and they came back and you know won the next three. And we're up three to two. I mean, obviously, we all know what happened losing that series. But I mean, the Ducks did come back and win three in a row, so they can do it again. I, I have no doubt that they can make it happen. It's just going to be some changes and, and some more grit and willpower in this game, and obviously, uh, not getting frustrated at the refs, which isn't going to be easy. But that's really it in a nutshell. And um, we'll have to see who's in goal, like we talked about. We'll probably know after this podcast is, or actually, you'll probably know once it's posted. Um, already, but um, that's what's going to happen going forward that we're going to look to to see how the Ducks change things up. And just want to mention, too, that we're going to have a watch party on Thursday at El Ranchito, uh, 5 o'clock. Um, if you want to give a donation at the game, um, or, excuse me, at the watch party for the game, it'll be uh, $5. You'll get a foul towel. And all the money that we raise is going to go towards uh, veterans here in Orange County. So we're doing that as a little bit of a fundraiser in addition to the playoffs. And one last thing, too, as well is if you go on iTunes and you see us on there, please give us a, a five-star rating. Um, you know, we haven't asked for that really uh, before, but, you know, this is the first time. So I'm hoping that we can get some more uh, ratings on there. We appreciate all the fan questions and the support from everybody. And we'll see what happens tonight in Nashville.